Hey fellow D&D and TTRPG nerds, this is Kayla Lundgren from the Potions and Potpourri podcast. Myself and my co-host Keisha are just two gal pals who like to hang out and have casual conversations about Dungeons and Dragons and other TTRPGs. Our show is loosely formatted, but we like to talk about a variety of topics relating to Dungeons and Dragons and TTRPGs in general, plus we do the occasional live play. We interview guests from the TTRPG space, and we also do improv creations where we make things up on the fly together. We give lots of tips and tricks, as Keisha is our resident DM and Kayla is a forever player. So if you're new to the Dungeons & Dragons or TTRPG realm, or you've been part of this realm for a while and you want to learn some new tips and tricks, or you just want to listen to some goofy gals chat about Dungeons & Dragons, come find us wherever you get your podcast. Potions and Potpourri. Hello, friends. If you're enjoying the show and having a great time, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a rating or review on whatever platform you're listening on. And uh, after you do that, why don't you come and join us in our new Discord server where we hang out and just talk nerdy shit all day long. You can find the link in the show notes, in our link tree, and all of our socials at Fantasy Pants Pod. going on it has been a long 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 ass time since we've done this i don't remember how to play it's been three weeks since we played i think maybe almost four i think i think it's been Mm, almost four really it's been a long time man why we're we are playing shoots and ladders right i i think so what are these why do these dice have so many fucking numbers i don't know (laughs) throw them down that one's a three-pointer Ooh. okay all right, it, all did, right. it did a rolly thing. It sounds nice. I, I remember that. So what does that number mean, though? What does it mean? <laughs> we'll to figure you, it out. To you, what does it mean for your soul? It's about the journey, right? 
It's about the journey, not the destination. Oh, we're gonna deep. we're gonna dive in. We're gonna that's figure deep. this all out. Stephen, speaking of journeys, speaking of journeys, how was Poland, man? What's going on? Poland was incredible. Um, we could do a whole podcast episode just about it, but we won't. Uh, Are you sure? Because, I mean, we're not, we're not doing much else. We don't have anything else to do, I don't <laughs> think. Fantasy so. pants, unzipped in Poland. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, was, it was awesome. Uh, saw a lot of sights. Um, met up with some distant family. Uh, had an incredible, authentic experience there. Tried some Polish beer. Ooh. Yeah, it was, it was great Gross. all around. And um, on the topic of Poland, they're, they're known for a lot of things. Vodka. Gross. Um, handmade lace is a really big export in Poland. Okay. Also. Where are we going? Also amber. I'm so curious. Amber. Ooh, you know, okay. like, yeah. like yeah. The, the bugs in amber sort of thing. Yeah. You know, like a four plus million year old. That's some Jurassic Park shit right there. That yeah. gets. Okay. Um, I didn't bring you guys any of that. <laughs> I was just like, where is he going? <laughs> I brought you guys something that you could probably just buy at any other game shop in the States. But I looked at them and I was like, you know, what? those, those speak to me. Those look like something my friends would enjoy. Wait, what? Yeah. I got you guys some dice from Poland. Oh my gosh. What? I got a gift. Aww, that's so nice. Well, this is a rare occurrence. David Thank you. finally got a gift. <gasps> oh my goodness. Oh look my at goodness. these. <laughs> it's a cat's dice set. Oh Did my you, gosh. You get a cat's dice set. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. What the holy shit. Oh, man. This is wild. Thank you, man. Hold on. Just one second. Oh, my God. That is that is insane. It's in Zloty, so... You... This is my first new, like, Fantasy Pants dice set because I don't count the gold vein because they betrayed me immediately. <laughs> so, that they don't so, count. That was so satisfying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Look at these things. Oh, there's little cats. Oh, my goodness. That is adorable. Um, And I got my us... My wife is going to steal these. And I got us something kind of fun for us all to use together. Oh, what is that? What? what is that? Oh my, is that a D100? It is a D100. Oh. That doesn't even make sense. That doesn't stand on one edge. If you roll that, it doesn't Dude, do anything. It takes forever to like find a spot to stand. 19. Is it cracked? How do you know? Because it's nice. Because it points it, straight it, up. Yeah, it, it, it is very clearly straight up. It's, it's, it's clear which one it wow. is. Wow! I need to find a way to use that. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I will find a way. That yeah. is. It's like. It's a little bit bigger than a golf ball, a little bit, well, maybe somewhere around the size of a jawbreaker. Super cool. I like it. Huh. Dude, this even, these dice even come with a little tray to roll it in. Oh, that's I didn't neat. know that. Oh, that's, that's adorable. It's a nice little thing. So David's dice are cat themed because, David. I'm a cool Jeremy's cat. dice are like death and skull themed because. Because it's me. Jules. He ran away. I don't think he likes his dice. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Can I have his dice too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take both the dice. Oh, what are you doing? now you I see. <laughs> you got the chopsticks for Chop, the holy water. I got water. the chopsticks. You got to bless and them. And I am blessing these Do you keep dice. that away from my kitty dice? Keep it away. My kitty dice belong to my me. Lo my lovely dice from Steven have now been blessed. I'm going to anti-bless them in the way ooh, only ooh, I can. No, don't you dare. Oh. And I got David's oh, dice. Oh, man. Actually, 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 I hope that doesn't actually Wait. work out in his favor. Do the, do oh, the D100. D100. We are blessed. All right. Oh, my goodness. Bless oh, this my mess. goodness. Well, thank you, Stephen. Yeah, of course. You good old friend, oh, you. And uh, 
as if that wasn't enough. What? We've got mail. Mail. Mail time. Uh, our friend Centurion from the Discord server sent us a nice little package here, and it's been Ooh. it's been sitting here uh, pretty much since <laughs> yeah, it came, before I left. Right. Yeah, it, it came like the day before you actually left for yeah. Poland, and I'm like, well, I don't want to open this with every, without everybody here, so it's been it's been sitting on my dryer. So Sorry, I'm waiting it's here today. I hope it's not forget. a puppy. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> It's a bird. It's a boy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. All right, Stephen. What about your dangerous knife? There was nothing dangerous about it. Well, your terrifying murder I, knife. And I get think to, wait, you have a business. terrifying murder knife? No, he's talking about the, the razor that this I... This is my knife. Oh. Well, that's less exciting. I want Stephen's bloody knife. What bloody knife? <laughs> what bloody knife? <laughs> when, was, when was that a thing? Just open the damn package. <laughs> <laughs> Years later, there's going to be a, a special on TNT. It'll be like, looking back to the podcast, we should have known all along. <laughs> I've been saying it for years. For years. And you know I've been saying it. Steve Rodriguez is a serial killer. It's out there. <laughs> the you, untold story. You or me. Uh, well, it's been sitting in your apartment, and you've been just having to look at it. Okay. That's fair. Oh, listen to that box cutting sound. <laughs> what a... You're next. <laughs> God, look at Stevens. Give me that look. <laughs> Filled with hunger. Here were the recent killings in Poland. Last two weeks. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that was wild. Okay, let's see what we have. What we got? I believe, Stephen, you don't even know what's in here. Correct? Uh, no, I, I don't. It's a smile. There's a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I love what? this. This is beautiful. It's not for David. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's also very clearly a note. Well, since since yes. the the explain, the explain what's in there. Since the coffee is clearly not for David, <laughs> let's let David at least read the note. All right. All right. You know what? And I'll then we'll talk the about this coffee. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Thank you, Fancy Pants, for all the hard work you do. Included is a bag of one of my favorite coffees made by a local roaster. I hope you enjoy. Your faithful listener, Strong Ash says. Hell yeah. Thank you, Strong Ash, a.k.a. Centurion. Oh my Thank goodness. you. And we've got a bag of uh, Monk's Blend Medium from uh, Lonely Monk Coffees. Ooh. Dude, he got it all right. We like, we just, des- we decided that we, between the two of us, we like a medium. <laughs> yep. And uh, we got whole beans. This is perfect. This is fantastic. Thank you. Um, we so, we so appreciate much. you so much. I'm not going to taste it. <laughs> that was, it's a once in a 10 year <laughs> experience for me. So if you guys want to check out uh, LonelyMonkCoffeeRoasting.com, that's their website. They don't know we exist, but we have their coffee in front of us. So let's all be be friends. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Let's all hold hands in this wild, wild world of ours. Awesome. And drink coffee. Yeah. Well, no. Well, we just had had a homebrew cup of coffee. So we're probably coffeeed out for the night. Otherwise, I'll be up till morning. But um, next sesh. Absolutely. Let's dig into some Lonely Monk. Absolutely. That's 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 really, really, really cool. Thank you so much. Thank really you. appreciate it. Well, 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 well. Gentlemen, we're back. And I'm afraid to say it. I'm honestly going to throw you guys hard into the fire. Great. Um, Why? Because oh. I'm building to something. And we're all well, building to something. The fire's been awesome. burning like nonstop. I know. I know. But here's what I'm asking. And we didn't start the fire, you did. I think in this episode, we're going to see all the current PCs active. What? It's going to be a lot to ask, 
because I got to start off. Like I said, we got two timelines going on uh, right now after taking about an hour to find the Rosas estate. Zebulon and Jules are sitting about 10.30 a.m. on day one. Now, the last we checked in on Crispin and Dresden, it was about 5.30 a.m. on day one as they are arriving in the port city of Manzanares on the world of San Satian. So we got to just cut back in time a little bit, check on those two, get their story going, and I promise, I promise both you guys, my players, and all you listeners out there, I have a purpose. There's a method to this madness, and this is going to get a lot more tidy, a lot more clean, and a lot more exciting very, very soon. We should get, like, a whiteboard. I kind of should get one, because, like, timelines are going to be wild and all over the place, but you know what? It's going to be a good time. I'm really excited. We have some crazy, crazy shit to get to. So let me recontextualize the scene for you guys as you step back into the shoes of Crispin Dubois and Dresden Kellig. But let me do that after I remember to plug in Sirenscape because I didn't do that. Oh, there we are. Dark music to start. Welcome back, everybody. Seriously. It's a dark world in a dark desert. Well, technically not so, so dark because it's morning, but still... It's a dark situation, because as the fire opal conquer jewel is slowly descending in the sky above Manzanares, and you're getting ready to put boots on the ground on this world for the first time to accomplish your missions, given to you by Shole, and by jewels, in a sense, you stare across from this fire opal jewel, you stare across to the other side, to their seats, where Jessinth Kellig and his retinue are watching you. And here I will introduce your first obstacle. You need to get from the jewel to the city. This is not a packed jewel. There's not a lot of people here. And if there's enough space out in the wastelands between this town and Sansatian City, if there's a point in time where Jessinth can make a move without being seen and noted, he will strike. You can read that in the way he watches you. He's waiting for his chance. So as this lands, people start to filter out into the streets of the small town. What do you guys want to do? Um, all right. So we have to make the same journey from the jewel to the city. It took how long? It's a couple hours, wasn't it? It was about two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. It's okay. f- you said it's 5.30 a.m. now, so it's bright out. Or it's going to be light out. You have going by pure foot, two and a half hours. Oh, that might work. Oh, did you know that I had this spell or something? Like, I feel like... I don't know. What spell? What? You guys jump again? No. I'm not <laughs> going to jump. I'm not going to cast town. jump. Give me, give me like 30 seconds to read it one more time. All right. Meow, 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 no, meow, you don't have to meow, do that, meow. really. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. (laughs) So while you're reading that, let me just say this. So uh, while we're going through this arc, at least at this point in the arc, where we're going to be kind of retreading old ground. I am going to try to move a little quickly with these characters. If we're touching on information and things that we've already seen before through the eyes of the others. I figure since you as players have the foreknowledge of what your other characters know, you won't mind if I skip out on some detail here and there describing landmarks, scenes, this and that. You know, as long as it's within the reason. I just want to keep things going fast. That was very accurate. 
Um, okay. So let's let's talk about getting out of the jewel, I guess. Okay. So where are we sitting? Where is Dresden sitting? Where is the door? Uh, you guys are sitting on one... Let's just say it this way. You're about equal distance from the door. Maybe, like, you're on the left side of the jewel. Jessathan is right, and you are on the right side. Everyone sort of moves, you know, starts pushing uh, towards the gate, and I will say Jessanth immediately gets up and tr- shoving his way very rudely through the crowd, you know, the small, sparse crowd, to, like, be one of the first out to make sure he can watch what you're doing. Huh. He's got his, like, bulky guards with him there pushing people to the side, making sure he's moving swiftly. That's the first thing um, you see. Okay. I, I'm i just going to say this now. Mm. Um, I think Dresden is doing the same exact thing in terms of he is not losing sight of Jessenth, even though he's got his own places he's trying to go, people he's trying to find. He is very aware of Jessenth, and he's not going to take his eyes off him. He knows Jessenth is following him. Okay. And something tells me Jessenth knows that Dresden knows. Oh, yeah. There's a, it's, it's a game of chess right now. The two of you glancing at each other as you're pushing through crowds. Occasionally, you know, figures pass, and you could catch each other's faces moving, moving, maybe like around the same pace. So, Jeremy, Crispin has some stuff that he could do. Does does Dresden have any utility that we could use to break line of sight sort of thing? I don't know, a distraction or something? Negative. Okay. Uh, you know what? I mean, I have an echo. I could do something with it. Um, but I... Right. It, it, it wouldn't do much. I, I can... Okay. Um, all right. I might be able to... So, are you basically... First things first, do you intend to just get out of the, the jewel first thing before making any moves? Um, yeah. I think I think we yeah. we all know that, that getting out fast and early is... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is key. And, and Dresden certainly isn't going to do anything to Jessenth at all. Okay. Jess, Jessenth is going to be the one that has to make the first move and he won't, if he's going to do something. You know he won't hear. Not until right. you're alone. He just won't right. lose sight of you until he can get you alone. How, right. big, how big is the crowd? Um... Maybe 50, 60 people as they're pushing out. So maybe big enough to get lost in the crowd. Yeah, and I was going to say, yeah, what does it look like on the outside of this? I will say at the very least. The um, okay, so you guys are pushing the outside. I'll, tell, I'll explain okay. it once you, so you get out. Okay. Well, hold on. I, I don't know if this will really give us any mechanical advantage to getting out, but I'm going to show my hand and get this thing started. Um, once we get up to start leaving, uh, Crispin is going to cast Pass Without Trace. On the both of us. Oh. Sorry, guys. Got to interrupt here. How fucking perfect is this? The coffee that we are drinking from from Homebrew is their Pass Without Trace. Oh, man. That's so wild. Anyways, I'm sorry. That was a cool little nugget. That is cool. (laughs) I'm not drinking it. Um. That that was the end. That was the end. That was all I had to say. Sweet. Uh, It was meant to be. All right. Pass Without Trace if I remember correctly, essentially gives you a massive boost to your ability to hide and to, like, stealth checks. I'll tell you exactly what it does. Tell me exactly what it does! Uh, the spell reads, A veil of shadows and silence radiates from you, masking you and your companions from detection. For the duration, which is up to one hour, uh, each creature you choose within 30 feet of you, including you, has a plus 10 bonus to dexterity uh, stealth checks and can't be tracked except by magical means. A creature that receives this bonage. <sighs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that one. Right. Oh, that High five for bonage. That, that. Dude, give Dresden your bonage. High five for bonage. Thank you for giving us quality content to leave in. <laughs> A creature that receives this bonus leaves behind no tracks or other traces of its passage. Oh, gosh. We're, we're, I mean, we're all we're, we are adults, right? I'm See 12. Are we? Yes. I'm 12. <laughs> Receive bonus. <laughs> so, oh, damn. Okay, alright. Uh, alright. Adult time. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> okay. You cast this. Seriously, you, you, this is a continuous effect that you're going to be able to, like, try to weave in, in, into stealth. Everything around you seems to dampen. Your, both of your, like, feet touching the ground becomes, like, muted. And it feels almost like the shadows between people are almost, like, pressing in, covering you, twisting in a strange, surreal way to hide you almost in, like, darkness. And... I think with that, like, if you do this, maybe, maybe let's, let's, let's paint this this way. You stand up. You guys are moving, as described. Dresden looking at Jessinth. And then, Chris, maybe you come up behind Dresden as this is happening. You cast this spell as you're kind of, like, down low. No one can really see. You're, you're, you're small. You're low. And as this happens, almost like we just see a person moving right in front of, of, of Jessinth. And as he passes by, Dresden's gone. Hell yeah. Just a veil of oh, shadow so cool. appearing. Just like yeah. this little, little like, lingering you know, shadow just like flickering, vanishing into the crowd. And he's, what? What? Like looking around frantically as he has received, or Dresden has just received your bonage. And <laughs> you... Nothing <laughs> <laughs> get you. So, with that, maybe he stops for a second kind of trying to take this in. And you guys push to the front of the crowd push out. You're not really hiding as you step into the light into the small town of Manzanares. You see, again, a town of maybe like 20 or so wooden adobe buildings, very small structures um, surrounded on three sides by great mountains, basically just resting in in a sort of valley with one singular road pushing down to the south. And and we know exactly where we need to go, right? Like, You you have enough knowledge, I think, to to know, okay, we need to go to Sanctian City. Um, okay. You're more worldly. Okay. Then, um, then real quick, let's talk about Wild Shape real fast, David. What? Um, when, oh. when you and I, I think it was before I even left for Poland, we were talking on a walk about Wild Shape, and you mentioned animals that uh, Dresden may, or Crispin may have seen on God's Breath and may be able to Wild Shape into. Do you remember this conversation? I, I believe so, Yes. You said something about a horse. Uh, yeah, oh. I mean, you would have seen a yeah, you yes. would have seen a horse. That's right. And you so definitely have the like, CR for it. Yeah. Yep. yep. So, like, that's by the rules. I can just wild you shape can, into a horse. You can wild shape into a horse. And then it looks like you're just going to be running away, but I'll be on your back. Yeah. So fuck yeah, wild oh shape horsey boy. Let's see if I can be crispin again. I might need like 18 tries at this. Dresden, get on. Wild shape into horse, ready to ride, or be rided. <laughs> I like to think that you said Dresden get on without question. Dresden just gets on top of your rabbit body. Like, <laughs> okay, now what? <laughs> um, yeah. uh, this might be the weirdest thing I've ever done. <laughs> but, uh, all right, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Crispin, down. Crispin is now a horse and can no longer respond. <laughs> no, you got an A. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Dresden, uh, Dresden comes up to the side of Horsey Crispin, pats him on the head. Good boy. And does it real quick because we're being pursued. <laughs> you can hear actually behind you like, wait, there, 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 stop them, stop. And I, that, and are you sliding and, yes, the top? Yes, Dresden gets on immediately. Just jumps onto the horse, lands on the back, and I take it. You're just bolting down that one road. Bolton, double movement. You start to run, move galloping faster than they could possibly catch up to you. Dresden. What? As you... <laughs> As you ride atop this galloping steed, as you blast down the road towards the town gates into the desert to the south, I think you. Well, I'll ask. Do you turn back? Fuck. Sorry, I'm not, I'm 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 not trying to think about whether I would or would not based on the fact that you brought it up. Mm. I'm trying to think if Dresden actually just would. Yeah, and it's go natural because like. And I, I think he would look back. Okay. I, th- I think he would look back. At, at, at least once Once we have finally left the plaza or wherever we're at, the main. You look back and you see Jessinth. His yelling has stopped. He's just staring towards you. And I'd like you to roll me an insight check because something seems off. All right. I'm using this D20 from Poland. Yeehaw. Ooh. Pressure's on. It's only a seven on the die plus three for ten. Ten. Um, With a ten. Probably ain't shit. With a ten, you you just can tell that something's different. There's something in the expression that wasn't there before, like something has snapped. In Jessinth? In Jessinth, as he watches you go, as he gets smaller and smaller. We should not have, like, fucked around there. I should have just gotten on you and not made any jokes about it. We break brothers. I feel, I feel <laughs> like, like yeah, we do. Pants podcast. Well, no, I feel like if we hadn't fucked around, if I'd have made silly no, no, jokes no, no, about no. patting you on the head, no. he wouldn't have noticed anything. I don't think mechanically that We would have gotten away. I don't know. Consequence. So, because you're on horseback, and you can be a horse for, what, one hour? Yeah, an hour. So, are you planning Damn. on staying as a horse the entire time? Until you have to change back? Well, if it's a two-hour walk, I'm guess, or a two-and-a-half-hour walk, I'm guessing that a horse can get there in less than an hour. It's Yeah, I was going to say, you, you basically reach a city. Uh, we'll say it's 5.30. You'll reach a city at about 6.30 a.m. Sweet. Um, so we'll skip over the journey. You all know what it is. Just a lot of cactuses, a lot of sand, not a lot of people. And, and no owl? No owl. Very good. Hmm. Uh, and you come to... Sans Tian City, you see the same thing that your former characters did. The large, semi-equilateral triangular you know, walls surrounding this great city. You see the, the southern smokestacks of the works. You see the lively Fiesta Town. And in the light of the morning day, you can see this sort of darker area. These sort of great manners that, even from a distance, just don't seem quite right. Los Cavalanes. So there's no owl because it's not nighttime. It's not nighttime. Oh. Uh, That's when... Yep. Very good, Jeremy. Just, just throwing it out there. Bad. And so you find yourselves at the gates to Sansetian City. And I'll ask you directly, what do you guys want to do? I mean, you, you, you move in, you see the same thing again that Zeb and Jules saw. Just people everywhere celebrating, partying. Not one sad face in sight. Except there's one. As you're moving around, you happen to pass a very, very tired-looking turtle. 
Pay no mind to that, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> so did you say that when as we came in, could I, could we clearly tell the different uh, the different segments of the city? I think just as Jules had that sort of uh, uh, innate sense to him, Dresden as well would know. Well, yeah, there it is. Well, I mean, I knew, I, I know that. I In just, fact, mean, I, I just mean, did we see it so that I would know that there is a portion of this city? Yes. Okay. You know, you know the portion. You know where it is, and I'll actually tell you something else too. Okay. You were with Cirilla, so you would know. Oh, I know more okay. than anybody. Yeah. That there was a large effort to move a number of uh, the people from Tythos, the refugees of Cerul, to this uh, this particular place, this city. Uh, okay. Over a hundred of the folks, the low city now dwell in Los Cavalanes. Okay. You might not know exactly where. I think once they were off the Citadel, no one cared enough to check. Okay. So in in all in that case, with all of that, I think the first thing Dresden does is we walk in and I just look over Crispin and give a nod this way. And I'm gonna Dresden is gonna start walking. Uh where are we going? David, how is it pronounced again? Uh, Los Gavilanes. L- Los Gavilanes. You can also say the old city. I think what you meant to say is Papalotian Hill. <laughs> we don't say that <laughs> word here anymore. <laughs> Papalotian. <laughs> the hill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to the old city. We're not going to find what we need here. Uh, all right. Let's go to the old city. Yeah. All right. You push on, push through the old city, say... Time is now around seven. What do you intend to do here? You immediately are met with a number of uh, dilapidated manors, large sort of estates covered with tents, and just people everywhere. People wearing just scuffed, worn clothes. The smell of just sweat and stink is just, yeah, it's, 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 it's everywhere, covering everything. We said we were going to try to avoid this, but we're going to end up talking to ourselves. Oh, for certain. Luckily, yourselves are asleep until nine. <laughs> so. Okay, I think I got it now. So we're 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 ahead of time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, depends on who we is. Well, yeah. Zeb and Jules. Dresden. Dresden. Zeb and Jules took a long rest, so Dresden and Crispin need to zoop on over and catch so we, up. In time yeah. Okay. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves and rip open a sp- time space continuum and all that jazz. So you think they're coming here? I know they're coming here. They might already be here. Where should we start? What does Dresden know about the old city? Honestly, probably very little. Mm, it's not something about, that they would talk about much. How about Crispin? Any knowledge? Uh, I, I mean, I, I, anyone no can roll history knowledge? check to see. Uh, right. You would have no innate knowledge, but yeah, roll okay. history. Let's and start right. rolling dice here. Roll some dice. Ooh, look at that. A plus zero. Let's see what we get. Yeah, I only got a five. Four on the die, plus one. Crit my pants. Oh my gosh. Oh, roll back. Yeah. Steven, what First is with you and your crits? Back. It, it's, it's, oh my gosh, it's insane. At the um, weirdest times, though, for a freaking history check about the hey, damn old you know city. What? This is the, this is like where the, the shit is at right now. This is the story. That's going to be a good check to make. Yeah, but we need it to kill time, not go super fast. <laughs> you know that the old city is generally broken up into a number of um, factions, each of which generally kind of revolve around these main main sort of estates. Uh, so, like, 
you saw before there was a faction Rosas that lived at the Rosas estate that seems to be kind of like the criminal kingpins of the lower city that's kind of the impression you got with Zebion and Jules when you approached those tufts at the gate uh, there are a number of other factions like this uh, Salazar was mentioned to Jules this looks like maybe it houses the revolutionaries what Crispin knows is that there are indeed factions maybe even no hints of okay this is where but that 20 this is where the sort of criminal underworld sort of resides this is where the um the revolutionaries are rumored to potentially be uh staging something uh you also know there is a a, a state called moreno this is essentially almost a religious center um the main manor has actually been turned into a, a church to the patron deity of this city and this world which is uh, la katrina uh, essentially seen as a god that's the, or goddess that's the embodiment of death. That's all I'll tell you about her. But um, you know roughly what some of these estates do, uh, what they oversee. You know that you know not everyone is part of a faction. Most of the lower city are just people going to work, slaving away. But the main power in Los Cavalanes comes from these estates. Okay. And and would Crispin know if any of them are likely to be friendly to luminaries? Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, Something I thought about, too, because you're a luminary, and I'm still wearing a whole bunch of guard shit. (laughs) (laughs) It is interesting. We're kind of sticking out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can't just roll into criminal underground and be like, oh, yes, hello, criminals. Well, no, yeah, part of me was... Part of me was thinking, like, can we look around for, like, dirty rags or something that we could, like, put over us? You could probably buy some, even. Yeah, some street clothes. That's even, that's, that's even weirder, walking into a shop. Hey, I want to buy some nondescript clothes. I mean, you, you know could just mean? see clotheslines hanging in the low city and just ask, like, you know, hey, I can give you a few copper. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, throw them at you. Yeah. I mean, I guess whatever they're selling Sorry. in the low city is what no, everybody's wearing yeah, in the I, low I, city. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to derail No, I, I love it. This, I is, just... this is flavor, man. Um, is that something you want to pursue? Do you want to, like, have... Yeah. We'll just say it's, it's, it's something you can do. I, mean, I don't think it's a very yeah. easy ask. Um, and you guys are kind just of say it blending happens. in. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. As you push deeper in, uh, of the different factions, you would know that I will say you don't know enough about Salazar and the revolutionaries that you could just approach them outright. Um, I will say that Moreno, the the sort of main sort of religious focal point, is generally going to be friendly towards anybody. And it's really hard to say how Rosas would feel. Perhaps they'd have work for someone, but then again, they also are criminal, and you are representing very non-criminal elements. So. Yeah. Um, give me the name one more time of the religious folks. Uh, Moreno. Moreno? Yes. All right. We need to speak to the the families around here that, well, they control these streets. And Moreno, they, uh, the least likely to send us away. You know this place better than I do. Well, I'll uh, trust where you take us. I rolled a natural 20. <laughs> That's pretty fucking good. Uh, let's start heading towards uh, Moreno House, or at least looking around to see if yeah, okay, if we can figure it out yeah. where it's at. Time will be eight o'clock. You're moving swiftly, and you reach um, a tall and noble estate of old stone. Uh, you see the central bulk of this particular building rises and narrows into a tall spire, which is sunken and collapsed on one side. Huge windows line the building's first floor. Many shattered. Um, Many of the windows shattered 
and filled in by boards or rubble, but the ones that remain have been painted over by images of dancing skeletons covered with bright patterns of color. You see a number of figures in dark, tattered robes moving about the yard, which has been transformed uh, into like it looks like a practical garden, some food, some medicinal herbs and plants, and you know that this is Moreno. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to roll a religion check to see if I can go up and not not speak their language, but speak in a manner that would be familiar to this particular religion. You know, you're not going to go up and, I don't know, religion talk. It's different. I get, I, I get what you're saying. So I'm going to cut trying to explain it because <laughs> I don't know how to. And I'm going to roll the die and then right. I'll let you figure it out. Okay, interesting. Well, it didn't go so well this time. Uh, that was a natural three. <laughs> How do you awkwardly religious talk with a natural three? Well, right. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> there are different religions with different gods and different prayers and different, uh, you know, some of them do the sign of the cross. Some of them do the sign of not a cross. So Wait, I'm no, thinking. So, yeah, show me. What's the sign of not a cross? Well, I mean, there's this one where you do like a bunch of little crosses on your face. I don't know. I mean, I used to be. What? Yeah. I grew up Catholic and they did like a, this thing. Never heard of that. Listeners yeah. know. That's all right. All right. Um, yeah, so you just walk up to somebody, uh, some disciple of the goddess of death, and are like, hey, death, that sucks, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible goddess. <laughs> Your god's the worst god. <laughs> well, yeah, you just, I think you just kind of go in. Maybe you don't really know exactly. Maybe this is kind of an enigma to you. Right, like um, well, doesn't about, bow at the right place and time. Or I love this because maybe this is really a strange sort of dis- disconnection for you because yeah. you come from God's breath where like these, like, I mean like undead alligators, like death itself is something to be feared creeping around every corner. It's terrifying. And these people celebrate it. It's, it's strange. It, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a really weird change and maybe you have a hard time acclimating to that, but um, maybe you approach, uh, you know, somebody and then how do you, how do you, how do you want to go about that? We're looking for the, Head of death. <laughs> okay. Like the main guy or gal who does the death stuff. <laughs> you see this older dwarven man in the same sort of tattered robes. Um, kind of looks up at you with these sad eyes, very very weary, and with a shaking hand, kind of points you towards the main door into the uh, the actual building. Well, all right, with a three on the die, it wasn't. Sure, it was gonna go that well, but okay. Yeah. Definitely looks at you weirdly as you walk away. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, man, this guy knows nothing about our he religion. Make friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll follow his creepy pointed finger. Okay. Uh, you push through a large sort of oak door, and inside you see that this this sort of main floor of this large manor um, immediately opens into what was once a spectacular ballroom. You see sets of stairs on either side border this display like curving curtains. And towards the back of the room, the old dancing floor has been covered over by makeshift benches. They all face the back wall, which still holds a raised stage platform. But now an altar sits here, dwarfed by an incredible painting that fully covers this wall. A woman with shining raven hair and dark flowing robes. A slender finger is raised to her pursed lips. Eyes, gentle but with an edge of menace, peer out over the room. 
and you see a winged serpent is coiled around her neck, its open mouth nearly touching the side of the woman's face. It's hard to tell if it's moving into bite or to whisper. Towards the front of this larger space, before the benches, you see that a makeshift hospital has been set up. You see a number of forms, emaciated and weak, maybe 50 in total. Rows of simple bedding and blankets have been laid out on the cracked stone floors. A number of figures move between the patients, checking on them and offering them flasks. And here's where we get into a really weird time-space uh, situation because amongst these figures, you see one that seems to stand out <laughs> because there's a lot of dark-looking robes tattered. Mm-hmm. And there's one person, brown skin with wavy brown hair, wearing this very red tunic with a white floral pattern. Zebulon and Jules would know this character as Ramin Rasul. Right, interesting. Would Dresden know? Hmm. Dresden likely followed Jules' exploits on Sunko right. and that, in some of that that's footage. That's why I brought that up. You would have seen that he yes. would challenge Ramin. Yeah. Okay. I, I may not know the, the extent of their relationship, but I know that he's connected to Jules. You know that they, yeah, they at least are aware of each other. Uh, Ramin is like hurriedly moving between patients. He looks very tired, very frantic. He's holding like a flask in hand and as he kind of like goes to a person who's sort of <laughs> sort of moaning he reaches down shh, 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 and pours it into their mouth strokes their hair as they sort of eyes go glossy and close and they start to snore entering a slumber and you see that as he moves back the flask is empty he kind of like holds upside down not a drip comes out and he sighs looking at it do you guys want to do anything in here? You don't see anyone here that looks, like, particularly important. No one that looks like they're the head of this thing. There's no one at the altar. Everyone here is just tending to these patients. And I think you can assume that these are the victims of Sereno. Okay. Um, Here's where the timeline's going to get fun. Because Dresden's not going to not go over to Ramin. Right. So Dresden goes over to Ramin. (laughs) That's what that means. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey. You're Ramin Rasul, aren't you? I, uh, yes, I, I am. Um, do you need healing? I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mostly no, 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 burnt out today. No. I, uh, I need information. Information? Uh, yes, uh... Jules. He kind of smiles. Jules LaRoche. Yes. What, uh, what of Jules? Yes, I, I, I know Jules. Do you know Jules? Where is he? I haven't... Is he here on Sunset John? Why would he be... You haven't seen him yet? No, no, he... We do believe he's on Sansetian. My guess is this he's going to make his way over here soon, if he hasn't already. I'm afraid I might miss him then. I, I'm actually about to leave. He's because in trouble. He stops for a moment, like he's thinking that over, and then just kind of looks down to the floor. A lot of people are in trouble. All of these people. What's going on? What, what's wrong with all these people? This is Sereno. This is the illness that is sweeping the low class of this world. What the fuck? We're doing what we can for them here, making them comfortable. And we help them to sleep. We found that if they sleep during the hours of day, it will help to stave off the exhaustion that is stolen from them at, at, at night. And, and, and perhaps we can prolong their lives. Not forever, though. But if we... Listen, there's something I need to get. I, I have to go. 
I have to go soon to the Rosas estate. There, there's a medicine that we need that they have. So if Jules comes, I, I might miss him. You can't miss him because he has Sereno. <sighs> did we know that? I knew that. You did know that. Dresden, From the, Dresden uh, knew that. The message. So you would be caught oh, up on right, it. You guys right, had right. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Ramin actually like hears that and he looks kind of sadly down. And he actually looks down at himself and says, Him too, then. He can't afford to miss you. We need your help. Then we need that medicine. He needs to sleep as much as he can every day to stave off death. Jules is a good person. He, he, he's a really good person. He deserves better. Will you come with me? We could talk to them together. Maybe you could explain. I, mean, I don't know who you are. Who, who are you? Are you important? If you're important, they might listen to you. Serapio might listen to you. What was that name? Serapio. <clears throat> so now I'm trying to decide if Crispin thinks it would be better to gather more information here from the head of this house or leave with Ramin and go to Rosa's house. Yeah, here, here's the weird part is that Dresden, uh, Dresden's mind is trying to get with Jules and save Jules. Right. But it's also now tied in with information gathering for Shole. Right. If it helps, I will touch on one thing. You know that one of the avenues for exploration, for investigation from Shole, is the bounty. And if anyone knows about a bounty, it's Rosas. You rolled a net 20, you know that the criminal kingpins. Okay. They would handle all that sort of dark work. Well, Dresden, if they're not here, we gotta go somewhere else to check. And now you can get us in to Rosas safely? <laughs> he just kind of smiles. <laughs> that doesn't sound too confident. Serapio isn't, um, fond of me for reasons. Um, but I'll give you a reason to get in. I'm actually more hoping you'd get me in. Well, that doesn't really inspire confidence now, does it? May I ask your names? Um, quick question before you ask our names. Sure. <laughs> Crispin is sitting at 33 out of 43 HP. It's been so long, I don't remember if I'm supposed to be took, full or not. Uh, you took a short rest, but that didn't, yeah. wouldn't have filled you, so no, you're actually still there. Holy mackinac. Oh, yep. shit. No good. No good. Ah, and I wasted a spell to get here. So excellent. An- another question, too. Um, what... Given his relationship with the family, what would he know about their connection to Sansetian and Sereno, apart from the fact that all that he heard through the stone was that it was a success and Jules was infected? I don't think you would know much. Shelley touched on the fact that she believes that Sereno itself is somehow, like, weaponized by the LaRoche family and by the Tresena who may be working okay. with them. I think you'd have the similar... I mean, you, you'd, you'd know that they, they, right. they, they are controlling Sereno. Right. Um, okay. I guess maybe you wouldn't necessarily know why. Sure. Uh, as you look at, over, over this, okay. like, this sea of just sick, sick people of all ages, of all races. Okay. That's kind of, a, kind of about where I thought he would land on that. Um, back to names. Does... Crispin recognize Ramin, or does Ramin recognize Crispin? Uh, he doesn't seem to recognize you. Okay. When you first step forward, ouch! I think you're one of the lesser known luminaries because you don't you don't put yourself in the spotlight. Right, right, right. I'm not I'm not chasing clout. 
just <laughs> I'm just asking questions. Um, do you think you'd recognize him? There's, there's some stories of him. I mean, you well, heard his name. You could roll a check on it. Uh, sure, yeah. Let's let the dice decide. History or religion? Uh, it's a plus zero either way, so let's see. Oh. That is a natural one. Okay. You have no idea. Okay. Uh, then he'll just introduce himself. Reaches little uh, little handout. Crispin Dubois. You have changed from a horse now, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're so <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Your horse Horses can't talk. <laughs> Silly Jeremy. He very vigorously takes your hand, just shakes it. He's very excited. Um, ah, I'm Ramin Rasul. I might have said already. I'm Ramin Rasul. Uh, and you, a uh, friend of Jules. What's your name? Dresden. Dresden. Uh, it's good to meet you. Any friend of Jules is a friend of mine. Um, Dresden looks deep into his eyes and says, Same. Well, um, I was about to leave now if you would like to join me. We'll uh, follow you. I, on the way, I can recall you with the, the tales of my time meeting Jules and Zebulon. It was... Uh, that's quite a story. Um, yeah, please do. I'm uh, looking forward to hearing what he's been up to. It's been a little while. Hell yeah. Um, if it's cool with you guys, he moves towards the door and steps out back into the back into the low city or the old city. We walking, pushing through the crowds, pushing through the streets, almost down to the other side, uh, where once again, at the very foot of the great hill that shall not be named, you see an estate that's actually very well built uh, still in great shape with lush rose gardens just covering the front leading up to it you see a gate that says Rosas I mean moves up towards the uh, the, the, the front where I think you see the same gigantic mustached guard is just staying there he sees Ramin his eyes narrow just like you again do you have them but he stops as he catches you, Crispin. His eyes fall on you. Oh, shit. shit. And they widen. Luminary. We've been looking for a luminary. Oh, that's not what I was expecting. I was like, <laughs> shit, how am I going to get out of this one? Same. He just kind of stares for a second. Do you have business with Serapio? Mr. Dubois? Yes. Uh, we do have some business with uh, Serapio. We are looking for some friends. Well, it so happens. Serapio is looking for a luminary. If you would not mind waiting. He rises late, but he should meet with you around ten. Ooh, does he rise late because he has Sereno? Or, well, ten's not that late. You you rise later than ten. <laughs> I mean, that's t- ten is like sleeping all day for me. Yeah, I can't sleep till ten. That's, that's, that's half the day gone. Um... Hmm, interesting character trait, I suppose, but probably not Sereno, right? Yes, uh, we'll wait. All right. You, uh, I, th- I, think, I think he basically gestures you to come inside. Like, you may wait inside. There's a, uh, a comfortable lounging room. I guess, uh, yeah. And they just walk like, into the lounging yeah. room. Yeah. Sounds sweet to me. <laughs> <laughs> just like with Zebulon and Jules, he nods to a female guard at the gate sleek black hair she nods back gestures leads you up the stone steps past the rose gardens into the manor itself and you find yourself sitting at a uh, 
you know, pretty soon after just sitting in a sort of comfortable lounging area. There's sort of a main doorway just beyond. Maybe you've, you've moved through like a, a sort of main entrance hall into some side room, and beyond that is like an office that you know that Serapia will come to meet you in soon enough. At 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock. After 10 o'clock. After 10 o'clock. Uh, currently, it is probably about, I mean, you've been moving around the city for a bit, so like 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Oh my goodness, we're just going to sit in this room and wait for this guy for over an hour? <laughs> hey, I mean, it's a lead. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about Crispin, but Dresden is used to standing in one spot, staying quiet. <laughs> so, this is just nothing to him. He, he, he's doing what he's got to do. He'll wait. You wait. Time passes. Ramin continues to regale you with all the stories of jewels, probably repeating them a few times because it really wasn't that much. It was <laughs> like a day. <laughs> and then he used Tasha's hideous laughter. I could not believe it. I think Dance is still pissed. <laughs> um, just going on and on. And finally, there's a time where the door that you go to this lounging area opens. A guard steps in. He will see you now. Come. All right. Yeah. Crispin uh, rises wordlessly and, and follows. Yeah. Same. Uh, you guys are pushing through and they cross the side of the entrance hall. Door opens and you find yourselves moving into a small office space. Surprisingly utilitarian. Very nice lavish desk, very nice chair behind it, but really nothing else of note in this room. And you see a man sitting in the chair. You see he is a tan-skinned man with sharp handsome features. Only the small horns protruding from his head reveal that he is part tiefling. He has a thin and finely waxed mustache that decorates his upper lip and jet jet black hair that is slicked back. See, he's wearing a loose white shirt, the neck of which hangs down, revealing far too much of an oiled, shaved chest. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. See, boots and gloves, black leather, uh, just shimmering and squeaking with each of his movements. And as you enter this room, as you see this man, I think the strong smell of roses kind of just punches you. God, I'm picturing, like, Zorro. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Um, you step inside. And he looks up at you from the desk. See, he looks some you know, he looks like a man who just woke up, basically. Despite his almost perfect appearance, his eyes are still kind of blurred, like he's just kind of coming into the day with a little yawn. <sighs> Greetings. I am Serapio, Lord of Rosas, and the man to know here in Los Cavalanes. I know you, a luminary, a fierce fighter, despite your stature. Good. Good. I, and he looks back at Armin. You're here for the medicine. Yes. The helix cactus petals. And Armin's, yes, I, I've brought uh, friends, and uh, we still can't pay, but I promise, I promise we can work the money up. No, no, of course. Go, go. Uh, my associates will see that you're paid. And he, ah, um, thank you. I, and he looks to you guys. I, I have to get this too. Are you, you okay? Um, you know, maybe it's a little... Um, meta, but I'd like to roll insight. Sure. On Zoro here. <laughs> His name is officially now Zoro. Uh, just a 15. Uh, seems like he's telling the truth. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Ramin just kind of excited looks to you. It's okay if I bring this back. I need to get make sure people are sleeping as soon as I can. I could save lives. Thank you, Ramin. We're, we're fine. Yeah. 
Go help those people. Thank you. Thank you so much. Please, come to Morano when you're done. I, 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 I have to thank you in person. I, I, I did do something for you. I, he just kind of stumbles out. I think, they, I think there's some people that open the door, and they're kind of waving him impatiently, and he rushes off with them, and the door closes. Crispin spins on his heel. I understand your need of a luminary. Perhaps I can be of assistance. Perhaps you can. But we actually fade to black on this scene because we're going to follow Ramin out the door into the hallway as he's moving him towards the sort of main doorway through the the entrance hall. And he's, thank you so much for this. It really means the world. I... I, (laughs) I knew Serapi would come around. I knew he would. He'd understand how important it is to... Wait, what do you... And they kind of grab him by the shirt. Grab him, no, no, wait, no, no, please, no. And burst open the door, throw him out onto the steps where he rolls down, cracks his head on it. And you just hear, like, vaguely fair off behind him, just like, do not come back without the money. As Ramin's eyes begin to focus blurred on two figures standing before him on the steps. Sebulon? Samuel, Jules, what are you doing here? As he cracks his great pearly white grin, <laughs> and the timeline <laughs> is restored. Huzzah. Did you- and with that, Samuel and Jules, what are you doing here? No, I <laughs> expected a <laughs> Amble Carlin thing. Yeah, same. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. End- I've got a better ending for that. End two episodes, the same exact lines. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Oh, I'd be a devil. I was going to say, did you go back and listen to the ending of that just before we started this session so that you could get those lines exactly right? Oh, no, I remember them. I knew it was had to come. I had a feeling this was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, what the hell are you doing here? I, uh, oh, hang on, I can't remember. Uh, he sort of well, starts to climb his feet. Like helps, yeah. helps him up, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, are you all right? I mean, let's, oh, my God. I, I, hey, hey, wait, hey, that... You were supposed to help me. You can't turn back to the other guys. You, I, uh, uh. Those guys are really rude. We came here? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what was so fucking hilarious about that. I don't either. (laughs) (sighs) Um. <laughs> just like we came mushed here? my brain. I t- uh, as Ezra means kind of like turning to them, yelling. I think the, the female guard with you just kind of impatiently nods. Sarapio is waiting. He will see you now. You wanted an opportunity, yes? Well, yeah, but I mean, Ramin, what's going on here? I wait. You guys have. <sighs> You get me in there again. I I, I want to speak to Serapio again. Uh, Zebulon looks to the guard. <sighs> she kind of pinches her nose. Fine, yes. Serapio does not explain himself twice. And right now he's already meeting with the luminary, so you must go now if you want any chance. All right, and Zeb grabs Ramin by the arm and... <sighs> oh, thank you, Zebulon, thank you. <laughs> As uh, you lead him into the room, you guys move through the entrance hall once again holding on me and she gestures you forth towards a door which she knocks at ah yes good just a moment my friends we have more guests joining us come in the door 
creaks open. In Dresden, Kellig, Jules LaRoche, Crispin Dubois, and Zebulon Black all step into the same office. What does this look like? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I got something better. I always something better. <laughs> you should that, like that, that's, you should like stutter start that yeah. in the episode. And we'll call it there. That's what you're supposed to say after you do that. Oh no no don't worry. Holy shit. <laughs> okay yes continue. Um, Crispin is obviously very surprised, um, but he tries not to show his surprise. Dresden immediately runs over to Jules and gives him a hug. I love this. It's like finally my revenge for everything you put me through. Fuck off. <laughs> Talk to your own character. I mean, I, I love it though. It's it's awesome. I mean, there's this moment I think where you're like you're maybe it's it's, it's silence. Zebulon's kind of like I mean Zebulon, you don't you might yeah you probably you might know who Chris yeah, is. We'll, you saw yes. him once. We'll, we'll call it right now. It's a silent hug. Neither of them are talking. <laughs> Honestly, I like I like it. That's it. That's it. And the thing is, Jules and. Jules and Dresden have always had this relationship built on like silence and hand signals. And, yeah. Like they don't, I, I, I kind of imagine they don't need to well, have that. It's, okay. It's how about we, we have this long embrace and then I pull Dresden pulls away and just looks at Jules and says, you good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I think you hear from the front of the room or from the, 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 the desk, just like, so you know each other. This uh, might make it easier for me. Teamwork will be helpful in what's coming. Please, if you don't mind taking a moment and hearing me out, I... And he's cut off again. As you hear the sounds of pounding feet moving through the main hall, the door bursts open again. And you see that same thick mustache man just looks around, just like... He points towards Jules, eyes wide, just like... Jules the Roach. Yes. Who's asking? And he maybe he sees the figure right next to you and says, Do you happen to be dressed in Kellic? Who's asking? And it's sort of stands up just, just like just like, what is this? How, how dare you interfere? And the guard starts, please, please, Sabio. There's been an incident in New Cerule. And we're gonna cut away from the scene. Did he just say New Cerule? We're gonna cut away. He just said New Cerule. He said New Cerule. We cut to black on that note. And we just hear the sounds of people screaming, ah, 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 running, fan trampling on cobbles and through dirt as we open up on a, the, the courtyard, the sort of uh, stone slab courtyard of an old looking manor, smaller than those around. I think as we kind of like zoom out, we can see this is sort of on the outskirts of the Moreno estate. We can see that large tower of the uh, sort of church state um, farther off. We're not focused on that. No, no, no. We're focused here on this smaller manor. Focused on the crumbling masonry, the people running, running into the, you know, inside this building, slamming doors, running off into the crowds around. We're focused on the face of a man standing there in the middle of this courtyard. An old man, eyes wide, one arm missing from the elbow. We see Grindy just holding up his hand in front of some figure above and just, please, please, please. And we see a blade drawn. <laughs> we see Jessinth Kellig. We see his retinue around him. 
New Cerule, huh? How fitting a place for this to finally end. I'm done chasing them. In a city like this, I know, I know I'll never find them, but I don't need to find them. Not since I found you all. Now they come to me. You aren't Cerule citizens anymore. The people on that hill, they care even less about your faith than your prior masters. He turns around to his men who've grabbed a number of people. Round up whoever you can. Bind them and bring them inside. And then he turns away from them, away from Grindy, towards the sky itself, screaming to no one. I start the killing in an hour. You want to stop me? Bring me Jules LaRoche. Bring me Dresden Kellogg. Bring them unarmed and ready to die at my hand. Or else I'm painting this matter red. And we'll call it there. <laughs>